Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to week one of the 2022 CFL season. This is the Shups and Preds podcast. Today is our annual Predmageddon. We have 12 different season-long Preds that we're going to make to start the year. Uh, and we're also going to talk a little bit about the week one action. We're recording this during the middle of the uh, Alouette Stampeders week one uh, kickoff game. Uh, unfortunately, Willie Stanback has gone down injured. So we want to say that for those of us who planned on making predictions about Willie Stanback, uh, we're going to stick to those because we're men of integrity. Uh, yes, indeed. Without any further ado, let's introduce who we've got today. Uh, apart from myself, John is also Matt and Tyler. Good to see Here, you, boys. Yeah, I've got some. T- I've got T's and P's for Willie Stanback. Yeah, that I hope he's okay. But that was not fun. that did not look good. After 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 catching his first touchdown, uh, what I'm Marshall Ferguson tweeted out since 2018, his first his first receiving touchdown. So it was a, it was a harbinger of of bad things. Yes, but uh, Peter will not be joining us. He is on a date for his second anniversary. Um, Should clarify, this is a date anniversary. It is yeah, it's not a real anniversary. Yeah, yeah. Matt and I are on the same page here. If you if if you did nothing other than that you've you cuz dating like is so as married dating men, is so dating is so tenuous. Exclusive. Dating is so tenuous, wanna... right? <laughs> Elbowing like, out. I I will say that I did tell my now wife that we no longer have a dating anniversary. Good. Well, how was what was her response to that? She doesn't get a choice. It I it's, it has to be bilateral. So if one person pulls out, then Oh, well, there's, I mean, oh, you set yourself up for a joke there, pal. I didn't take, it didn't, didn't fall for the bait though. Um, what, what, what about an engagement anniversary if you're if you already married? Way worse, way worse than way even worse. a dating anniversary. All right, I, all right. If we'll you're talk. if you're engaged, send your thoughts on which anniversaries <laughs> count to our Twitter <laughs> handle at Shops You're engaged. Friends. How long were you engaged, Tyler? Uh, uh, five months. Okay. Jesus. Uh, I made a movie yeah. about that. See, I was eight, maybe nine. I think if you're engaged for over two years, you need a breakup. <laughs> Good. I'm glad we're all My sister's going to be t- towing the line with her wedding, but no, fair I, point. Listen, you, so, she knows where I stand. We should say. We're going to go ahead, Matt. We should say uh, if everyone could. Go to at Shups and Preds on Twitter. Yeah. Follow us. We're going to be having you know Twitter polls. That's where we post all of our uh, recaps of fantasy. That's where we post all of our pred graphics to show you guys you know what where our heads are at. Um, we do just hot takes. We do jokes. It's great. Twitter's very fun. And then also whatever you're listening to this podcast on, if you could make sure to subscribe. And if there is a rating or review feature. Please use it. Only for five stars, though. That's right. If you, yeah, if I, you would have take, I would take a, I would take, a, I would take a four star. I'll take a four star. Write it on a twenty dollar bill under, and mail yeah. it to. If you leave a review under five stars, leave a comment as to why you're rating it that, and so at least I'll understand. And it could be the audio quality. It could be the audio quality. So, <laughs> like I said, what we're getting to today is Predmageddon. So I'll run you quickly through what we're going to be predicting, and then we'll get right to it. We are going to be predicting who will be the 2022 MOP, Defensive Player of the Year, MOC. Who's going to be 
first in the West at the end of the regular season? Who's going to be first in the East at the end of the regular season? Will there be a crossover? Who will be the West Division champs? East Division champs? Who will be the Grey Cup champs? And then we will predict passing yards leader, rushing yards leader, and receiving yards leader. I think that covers enough of it, does it not? I think it does. Do we want to do sacks leader as well? It's going to be... We all know who it's going to be, but sure. We'll throw that in at the end. <laughs> so getting right into it with the most coveted individual prize in the CFL, the most outstanding player. Uh, let's have Tyler kick us off with who you think is going to capture this and why. I think it will be the man who's already having a good start to the game, Kadeem Carey. You son of a bitch. Wow. <laughs> I think Kadeem Carey will. Well, I guess this is like I don't. Should I? I know it's kind of ruining another pred, but um, I I do think he'll be the rushing yards leader. I had Standback as the rushing touchdowns leader, which is why I or I thought Standback would get more TDs, but I saw Kadeem Carey sort of being the the bell cow um, for the the Stampeders. I think the Stampeders have are gonna have a good season. Okay. Yep. They're gonna I, just feed him the rock, right? Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll jump in on that and just say I, that I agree that, um, and I, I also have the benefit of having seen it, uh, at least a, a couple quarters of it, that he's just a very physical running back. Um, he is a, a larger, kind of bulkier guy and is, is able to uh, to do things to a typically smaller CFL secondary, um, that once he gets past that uh, defensive line, he can really make thing hap- things happen with his size and physicality, which I, uh, I think is great. So I think he's going to, yeah, do great things. Yeah, but he's not going to do as well if the Stampeders' defense plays like this all season. Yeah, well, to be fair, the Stamps' defense is not putting in an excellent showing. Uh, Montreal's just re- – Vernon Adams just hurtled a dude into the end zone. And so, yeah, the Alouettes are up 24-14, um, which isn't good for me seeing that I predicted the Stamps to win. <laughs> Um, my MOP is going to be Jeremiah Masoli. Why? There's no reason other than I just <laughs> want it to happen so badly. Great, great analysis. Because there's no other reason why Masoli's the balls. He doesn't have a backup breathing down his neck, so he's going to play a little loose. He's not going to worry about his mistakes as much. Um, he's going to be, you know, Ottawa built this team around him, then talked about it themselves, the Masoli effect. After he signed, you got Willie Stanback, you got Acklin, uh, you got R.J. Harris re-signing. I am just ready for Masoli to have a team that's fully confident in him and not uh, having somebody in the reserves right behind him. So I think he uh, builds off what I think was a good 2021 um, I know some people think he is totally awful. I think it's probably somewhere in between. Um, <laughs> and hopefully he gets back to that 2018 form uh, where he threw for 5,209 yards and 28 touchdowns. Um, and also, I just hope Ottawa's better this year. One will follow the other. Predating an Ottawa player to be the MOP is... Is, exactly is, is is the most if you're here for bold predictions you you, you found them well do you th- i mean i'm not gonna 
it's my first pred of the year. I might as well open with spice. Absolutely. <laughs> because I just, that's like, I would, trust me, like, obviously, I went through my head, you know, stand back, carry was an option. I thought about, okay, what if, like, lucky whitehead blows up? Well, there's too many good receivers to make the MOP a receiver this year. That was my opinion. I don't know how you guys felt about that, but I just thought there's too many good receivers. I don't think one's going to fully stand above the rest. Um, and then when you're thinking about quarterback, I don't think Caleros will repeat. I just don't think he has the same weapons that he did last year. Um, and so I just, you know, I, I came back to who I wanted it to be is who <laughs> I, you know, made my mind work around finding it to be, uh, if that makes any sense. It does and you know indeed. who agreed with me? Peter Boylo, who's also picking Jeremiah Masoli. <laughs> he just um, sucks up to you. Well, you know what? I'm a smart guy. Let's talk defensive player of the year. We'll start with Peter, who he thinks, wow, really going big brain on this. He thinks <laughs> Willie Jefferson is going to compete for the award this year. Um, Matt, how do you feel about this award? Who's going to win Defensive Player of the Year? You know, somebody who I had seen in the offseason, and I definitely tainted a little bit by his social media presence, that I just feel like he he's really ready to get after it is Simone Lawrence. Oh, <laughs> so that's my prediction. I think he's you know he had a, we've obviously if it, anyone who's listened to this podcast knows that we have our problems with Simone Whoever Lawrence. Takes. <laughs> but well, that's an interesting pick. I I think he's you know it. Uh, I think Hamilton's going to do well. I think there's um, he's got the chance to uh, you know. Compared to the Winnipeg defense, Lawrence, I feel, is in a position where he's got a lot of good guys um, on the team. You know, Dylan Wynn, um, you know, uh, Richard Leonard. Uh, just running through the list right now, but so a, a solid uh, defensive squad on Hamilton. But I, I yeah. do feel that he is uh, the best on that team by uh, yeah uh, by a fair share. Um, and is really ready to, to hammer it. So, so what will be interesting about Simone him Lawrence. is with the adjustment of the hashes, moving the hashes in, mm. him as the weak side linebacker is going to have to cover more ground. So he's going to be put in, a diff, uh, I think, a more difficult position um, than he has been. But if he excels in that, I like that pick as somebody who could really carry that defense uh, throughout the season. Tyler, how do you feel about this? Who do you think is going to be Defensive Player of the Year? I'm going with the guy who had a great season last year. I'm going with A.C. Leonard. Oh, mm-hmm. me too. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Thank you, Tyler. Smart man. Career high, uh, 11 sacks last year and only 11 games played. Yeah. I, I th- I th- he's I not going to get he... suspended this year. <laughs> so he's going to play in more games. I totally agree. A.C. Leonard is going to, he's going to get the job done and uh, be leading that Scatch defense all year. He's 30 years old. He's the right age, which which is like the right age for like plenty of experience, still got the physical tools. He's 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 going to be, I say, I say he gets at least 12, or, well, he, excuse me, there's more oh. games this year, so he's going to get way more than that. Yeah, uh, I, I'm saying at least 17 sacks. Wow. Whoa. I mean, wow. That, it, like, that's un- unimpeachable. I mean, if he gets 17 sacks... 
We might as well not even have the award ceremony. We'll just mail it to him. That would be truly incredible <laughs> if he, that he gets 17 sacks. Yeah, I mean, 11 last year um, in his fewest games he's played since he entered the league. Um, so setting a career high that way is, I think, incredibly uh, impressive. Being it as it is Pride Month, I am going to say, have you ever seen a picture of A.C. Leonard with his shirt off? It is terrifying, but awesome. Like he's just in really good shape. He's just got massive arms. Just, just. That's good. They're, That's they're good huge. Here, but he, my, no, my, do... me, me at my torso is not as, as, as thick as A.C. Leonard's <laughs> biceps. That is good to hear. I like the thought of that. I like, uh, I like that he's in shape. But yeah, I mean, he led the league in sacks last year. I think he built. Also, he has, he has gold. He has gold teeth in his uh, his team picture. He has uh, the gold. The gold oh, see that that's the, the, the kind gold, of swagger the... that I'm talking about. That's the stuff that really, uh, beyond stats, that's what gets me. The NFL would never let a, t- a person have their official team photo <laughs> with, with with the <laughs> NFL would never. Um. So I'm glad we're in agreement there, Tyler. Um. Yeah. But I think you'll see the usual suspects. Um. You know, Big Hill, Jeff Coat. Jefferson, Lawrence, um, you know, I think Leonard. Who else could we see in there? I think uh, Avery Williams. Um, but, yeah, it should be a good a good year to see how the defenses uh, react. to. At least the offenses have a little bit more time to prepare this year, so it won't be such a one, one-sided show all year long. Uh, moving on. Who's the, who's the last cornerback um, to win that award? I you I, you should have asked me that before the pod. That is uh, that is going to be. I, I'm do I'm, do, I'm using That's I'm using the deep the, knowledge. I'm yeah. using the inter, I'm using the internet here, and I gotta be honest, it doesn't look like one's ever won the award. Well, Tyler is researching. We'll have Matt kick off. No zero. The answer is zero. Since 1974, there's been no single uh, defensive back. Defensive back that's won the award. That's actually incredible. Linebackers, um, defensive ends. Uh, defensive tackles and wow that's it that's very incredible matt who do you think is going to win most outstanding canadian all right so i think am i fairly safe in saying that we all have the same prediction here no No. you are not i don't have but i know who you think we all have okay which go ahead (laughs) with what you're saying this is a Canadian QB that I think can really ball out this year. His name is Michael O'Connor. Oh, no. Shut your mouth. All right. <laughs> Imagine how deep. Okay. And now back to reality. He could, but he's not the favorite. Uh, no, I think that um, I think Nathan Rourke is the heir apparent here. Um and I was, I guess I'm, I'm, I was thinking that you guys were definitely on board the, the Rourke train. Um, so now I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say. Well, so, and should note, Peter has also picked Nathan Rourke. Aye. So I think the thinking, well, well, let me comment on Rourke first. Because I understand the thinking of, and it's just the kind of the way awards in football go. Um, if a quarterback has an okay year, he's going to win an award before a, receiver who has a really good year that's just like so Rourke being uh the if he has a successful season being the first prominent uh Canadian quarterback to um you know I think somebody was saying sit for like 50 years or something I don't know and this is like the first time two Canadians have um started a a season 
on first and second string for a team since like Vietnam or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. It's the only way I know how to date date time. But uh, so no, I will so say I, in the last full season. So the yes. Russ Jackson currently holds the Canadian uh, football or the Canadian national player uh, passing yards, uh, and he has. Let me get this for you. His best season he had 3641 that would that was in 1969 so so that and that would put him uh seventh on the 2019 list wow so definitely uh if rourke were to set the national qb passing single season that and i think it's probably doable especially with the weapons that he's got i feel like that is if he can set that record it's it's his yes i just think that he has to be on a team who's winning a lot of games so that is my big knock against rourke Mm -hmm. is that bc has to be successful i think to give somebody a reward like the moc you can't just give it to somebody who's on uh, you know, uh, a seven and eleven team. Um, so that is where <sighs> I think a knock against him comes in. And okay. my pick for MOC is going to be Curly Gittens from the Toronto Argonauts. Very he good. came on strong at the end of last year. Uh, I think he's going to be a big target for MBT all season long. Um, and I just think that like he's going to be scoring touchdowns. He's going to be making big plays. I think Toronto's. You know, going to be very competitive for first in the East. Uh, they're, they've got a lot of really good receivers, so it's going to be tough for him to be the man week in and week out. Uh, but I think he definitely showed that he could be a super consistent target. And I think he just builds on wh- the way he finished last year um, and uh, grabs himself a nice bit of hardware. I'm the kind of man who, when he goes to a roulette table. Okay. And he sees that a number hasn't come up in a long time. He figures that number is more likely to come up than the other numbers. Okay. Just simply out of, you know, the laws of, you know, eventually, eventuality. Uh, so I am going to go with a player from a team. And, and no player from this team has won an MOC since 1999. And that team is the Toronto Argonauts. Okay. And the player is Andrew Harris. Oh, I think that's absolutely fair. That's a good call. I'm going with Andrew Harris for a few reasons. One, he's Andrew Harris and he's had, you know, an established name. But also, I think this might be sort of a a tip of the cap award a little bit in there, because if he I I think he should pretty safely uh, enter top five all time leading rushers or career rushing yards. This season, he's about 600 away from the number five. And if he's able to get, uh, throw on another, um, I, I doubt he'd throw on another 700, but if he did, he would he would be number four. So I don't know. I think he, he's in a new city. Uh, I think Toronto is going to be pretty good. We can get to that later. Um, and I think they're going to give him, I didn't think they, I don't think they brought him in to not give him the ball a lot. So I actually do think he will be touching the rock a lot. And I think, uh, uh, yeah, I think that's absolutely going to be the case. And so I, th- I think he does the most of that opportunity. And uh, yeah, I see I see an Andrew Harris. I, I don't know how many how many would this be for him. 
this would be number two. There you go. I love that. I love that prediction. That's a little, uh, that's so obvious. I never thought about it, (laughs) but it's so perfect. And he's got a little bit of the revenge tour thing going this year. I think so. Listen, I was very tempted. You were very tempted. That's good. No, I like that quite a bit. Um, were there anybody else you guys thought about? Um, I thought about Rourke. Um, I definitely obviously went with Gittins. Um, you know, maybe Bo Lacumbo. Yeah, uh, nobody's won it back-to-back yeah. since Cornish. Yeah, so he, I, he I, I thought it, like it would have been cool if Lacumbo goes back-to-back. But uh, I thought they got it. They, they love giving awards to Toronto players, right, if they can if they can. Uh, <laughs> get it done so why not give it to uh, my man i don't i don't feel true i just i just i just gave you the fact that they, nobody from toronto's won this it in 23 years bias tyler i don't need okay. facts and figures to back it up okay the 1999 toronto was peter even alive in 1999 no 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 Jeez, that's, that's why he chose nathan roy <laughs> uh, so now we're done with our awards portion of the preds and we're gonna go to our yards leader portion of the Preds. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk passing yards, rushing yards, receiving yards, and then we're going to do sack, leader, sack leaders as well. Um, starting with our passing yards leader, I will start. Just because he has so many weapons and the team fu- put their full confidence behind him, I believe the passing yard leader this year will be Dane Evans for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Mm. Tim White, Braylon Addison, Stephen Dunbar. He's got a lot of people to spread the ball around to. I think he does a good job of it this year. T-Press? I'm going with Cody Fajardo. Yeah, that uh, was two. I, Me too. <laughs> God, y'all uh, are whack. It's not going to happen. I okay. think that he okay. is going to put it's it together. Bounce, bounce back season, ball. man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're on the same page. Bounce back, bounce back season. The the receipt if the receiving core stays healthy this year, you know, if Shaq Evans can be you know seventy five percent of what he was, uh, before pre COVID, if if Kyron Moore can play, uh, we've got um, who am I forgetting? That's a very obvious person to bring up. Um, Duke help Williams. me out here. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he's got the weapons there. He's already he's already vocalized how he didn't like how last season went. So he's you know worked hard I think in the off season to 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 right the ship. If the O line can play a little better and he gets a little bit less uh, jumpy with his feet and can stay in the pocket, I think he could throw for a lot of yards. I mean he did lead the league two two seasons ago in passing yards. So it's not as if we're out on a limb here. No, it's just the thing that uh, troubles me is. With the exodus of William Powell to the Ottawa Red Blacks, I like mm-hmm. Jamal Morrow as I think he's a game breaker and I think he's an exciting back. But Cody took too many of the hits and run the, ran the ball too much last year. I just I think as I pushed for last season, he needs to have an attitude change, and hopefully this he finds it this year. But if he keeps putting his body on the line week in and week out, I just don't see how that is a recipe for success for the Rough Riders. So that's my only hesitation. I need to see him prove that he's going to prioritize his long-term season-long health before I can put faith in him to uh, provide a season's worth of production on a high level. That's my take. Okay. What, who did Peter take? Who did Peter take? 
Peter believes that uh, Jeremiah Masoli is going to be the passing yards leader, which is obviously a great pick. I, I don't. I, I can see that happening. I bet you uh, can. Rushing yards leader. I think we probably are going to come up with one of two names here. Mm. Um, I have Kadeem Carey. What about y'all? As Kadeem do Carey. I. Kadeem Carey. And Peter uh, picked Willie Stanback which I can hope nothing more than Willie Stanback comes back to play uh, this year and does that. Um, uh, but, I'll be honest. I saw that. I, I just caught the... Yeah, the it does not he, look good. It does yeah, I don't think... Uh, I think if they'd be lucky to get him back with, you know, a month or two left in the season. Yep, it doesn't look good. Don't want to speculate, but uh, you just hope he's healthy. But yeah, I think as for all the reasons uh, you guys gave on why you think he'll be MOP, I think that's why he'll be the rushing yards leader. Um, he's just, uh, he's, you know, he's catching it out of the backfield. Um, he's running the ball. He's strong. Uh, he's somebody you can lean on when you need to run that clock, get those tough yards. Uh, so he's just going to be giving the rock a lot this year, which is a good recipe for getting a lot of yards. Yeah, the defense has got to play better, though. This is not a not a good, you know. I'm picking him also, picking him also based off the fact that I think the Stampeders have a decent defense, but Got to play a little bit better than they are tonight, or else he's not going to get those touches to get the yards. That's the just the truth. Big facts. I totally agree with that. Um, that was that was why Stanback was so good last year. Uh, is they they had lots of games where where he could you know run the ball. Yeah, just grind that clock. Yeah. And then let's go to receiving yards leader Matt. Who is going to win this this year? I believe it will be Duke Williams gonna just yeah that's gonna piggyback off of uh um just cody fajardo i think they both want to um they want to right the ship i think they both came into the last season thinking that that they were going to be the um the the connection that never really well, uh, manifested Duke came itself. back, you know, mid-season from right. the NFL. Right, sorry, not, yeah. yes, yeah, mid-season. Yes. So Cody was struggling, and he, he said Duke's coming back, and I feel like that was meant to be an, a the, like the a rainbow connection. Cody. Exactly, and it yes. never really came together. Although, of all the, the deep threats, Duke was always the, the one that was more successful, more consistent than uh, some of Cody's other targets. Um, yes. So I think... That will continue to uh, develop, and so I think with Cody leading the charge, um, Duke will just carry the torch. That totally makes sense, Tyler. What do you think? I'm going with Eugene Lewis. Um, I think <laughs> I like that, it. yeah, I think his chemistry with Vernon Adams is good. I think it's a team that's going to well now. I mean, I, I, this was my pick before, but if, if Willie Stanback really is out for a long time, it's a team that's going to throw a lot. Yes. Um, so this would only just further my prediction of Eugene Lewis. I just think that he's uh, a guy. I mean, he's already. I think he caught. He already caught a long ball. I think tonight. Um, he, oh, yeah. he just took fifty-five, 55 yards. yards on their second yeah, possession yeah. of the game. And, and Vernon yeah. Adams is fearless. So it's, yeah, he's gonna. He'll, throw, he'll chuck him up. He'll ch- yeah, he'll chuck him <laughs> yeah, up there. Totally. Ch- yeah. Is this is they're they're gonna be there for Gino to grab. So if he if he can grab if he can grab you know sixty five seventy percent of those you know uh, those those rocks those, 
Yeah, this fifty, which he, I mean, he's be, he, he, that's what he's the best at in the CFL. He's, is a, if it's a 50-50 ball with him, it's more like a 70-30 ball. So, um, I, I think Eugene Lewis uh, gets the. I think I think Weineke maybe gets more touchdowns like he did last season, but uh, Gino gets yeah. the deep balls, gets the big Gino chunk plays, gets the big chunk plays. Yeah. Peter thinks it's going to be Kenny Lawler uh, for the Elks. Um, it's a good pick. I, I like it. He's going to totally, be the, he's going to get targeted so much that it's My it's only a hesitation is that pick. the the quarterback situation. I think Arbuckle can definitely get the job done, but um there could be you know, knock on wood, hopefully nothing no injuries happen, but as we've seen in the past couple of seasons, quarterbacks go down all the time. Um backups play an integral role and I just don't think Edmonton has that depth to keep the receivers happy should something happen. Um, you know, even just in the short term to uh, Arbuckle. Um, so my pick uh, is Reggie Bagleton uh, currently wow. playing. Yeah, I just, hey, and as I say that, he catches a 10-yard reception uh, for the He's first need a lot of those. scrimmage in the second half. Um, so great call, John. Uh, I just think that I've kind of, as you'll see in my picks here as we get into the team picks, I am feeling this Calgary um, good season coming on. Uh, so they're not proving me right so far, but I think, uh, I think Calgary is going to be good. I think offensively they're going to get things figured out. Obviously we're pumping up carry, but I think passing game wise, they'll get the job done as well. And so uh, I think Bagleton uh, is going to lead. Well, yeah, it's, it's a good pred. If you're thinking, yards. if you think, if you're, th- if you're already predated carry to be the yards leader, then, you know, He's, it's going to open up passing too, right? Dude, that's, that's exactly. I think they're just going to have a good offense now. I think we've, I think we've discussed, and it was, I think it's funny. It's, it's, I think it's ironic that the all last season that we were saying, uh, you know, people need to put off the blitz by either running or, or outside runs. run, outside runs or screenplays. And the first touchdown of the CFL season was a was a was a swing pass out to the running back. Yes. So, I think I think and also Carey's already got two catches out of the backfield. I think you're going to see a lot of running back receiving this season. I think a lot of teams will probably went back and looked and saw that they were getting blitzed a ton and they weren't de- and they were maybe forcing the ball downfield or, or had the wrong plays called and they and they need to put off the blitz a little bit more. And I think the answer is passes to the running back in the in the in the flats and and uh, and outside runs. So. I no, think I you're totally gonna see. Agree. I think you're gonna see a ton. If you don't like running backs catching the ball, then you'd be very upset because I think it's gonna be a ton of it this at least early on in the season. Which you should like running backs carrying the ball, like imagine catching, the best, catching, the best, catching. yeah, catching the best athletes on the field getting the ball in space. That's an exciting thing. You should be about I, that. I think so too. Did we talk about the new hash marks last week? No, I mentioned them earlier in the pod though, talking about how they brought them in four yards. Yeah. And yeah. so it's going to put a little more pressure on those uh, weak side defenders. Yeah. Okay. Just want to um, make sure we cover our bases. And now we're talking sacks leaders. Tyler, who's going to be the sack leader? AC Leonard. I mean, he's going to get 17. Now. He's going to get 17. You heard it here first. Matt, I do you agree? That is, I believe that is correct. Yes. Let's have it <laughs> unanimous. AC Leonard, sack leader. Please we, don't we make have us to, We'll have like to ask cool. Peter. Yeah, well, we're just going to say he's on board with that since he didn't uh, put in a pred for sack leader. Um, So (laughs) let's move on to the team section. First, we're going to talk regular season. Uh, 
I mean, I think this is going to be unanimous. Uh, who is going to be first in the West at the end of the regular season? I have the Blue Bombers. Oh, so Tyler and I both have the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. <laughs> that's what we have. That's what we, that's what we have. Dude, we, 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 I we think all, they're looking really, really strong, and I think they – um, I, I think the, the Blue Bombers defense is still the yeah. strongest defense in, in the CFL. Yes. Um, but I, I th- yeah, Saskatchewan, I, they're looking. They have all the weapons they've ever had. Um, their their team has really been a, a, a great amount of consistency year to year. Um, so I think they're just a team that was has, has been on the cusp for the last two seasons, um, and I think they're just going to push through. If I could poke, if I could poke a hole in Winnipeg, or at least call into question Winnipeg a little bit, yes. it would be Zach Caleros didn't have to be a leader on the team. Well, because Andrew he was Harris, a leader, was not the leader Easy though. Now. But Andrew <laughs> Harris isn't there anymore. The veteran leadership that like of guy who's been there for a long time doing it. Zach Absolutely. Claros had, Zach Claros had had one very good season he a great season not even a well, good season. No. A great... well since he came well he had great seasons earlier in his career but since the concussion issues and getting traded yeah um, and re- i'm talking bit. recent recently yeah right like this it was a real it was a real turnaround season for him absolutely uh, and, but harris was there as a leader other people are gone i still think the defense will, will carry the torch and i think they'll have a great defense yeah. but i i do see the offense regressing a little bit um that so doesn't I mean to say agree, I completely I, agree with you, I, and I don't think that means they're going to lose a lot of games. I just think Saskatchewan's going to win more games. So that is like, I completely agree in terms of I don't think the Winnipeg uh, offense is going to be at all the same this year. I think you see a regression. I just think that the defense puts it on people enough uh, to carry the team through the regular season um, and get that. Uh, get that right first and West and uh, home field advantage for the playoffs. But I, I and it's so hard. It's so hard to win. It's so, so hard said. three years in a row. But I think we always talk about defense has the advantage early in the season most of the time. And so I think with Winnipeg, you have a team that's played together for three straight years now. Um, and that is so much more of an advantage, especially for that front uh, front seven. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think they do get the job done. Um, it's it's going to be very exciting. Um, Peter also believes the Blue Bombers will win the West regular season. All right. Now let's go over, and we're going to say something we haven't said in a long time. The East might be more competitive than the West in 2022. Depends. Um, all depends on Calgary. All depends on Calgary. The West can be very – it could be a three-horse race, but it could be a very fun three-horse race. Who do you, Matt, start with you. Who do you have winning okay. the East? Uh, this is a very tough Regular one. season, of course. I, say. Uh, <laughs> um, I believe that the Montreal Alouettes oh, wow. will take the champion. They'll take oh, the, uh, the regular season crown. Wow. Wow. Okay. Tyler? I'm going to be a little out of I think I, I think I'm going to get a lot of uh, disagreement here. I think Toronto is going to have a good season. I'm taking the Toronto Argonauts. Peter also is going to take the Argonauts in the regular season. I'm taking the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Wow, we're all over the place. 
we are all over the place. And What's I still think that Ottawa yeah. can make the playoffs. So, and I, no, I think, I don't think I'm not, I wouldn't give hate to any of your picks. I think there's legitimate reason to think that all three of the teams we've listed could win the East. Absolutely. Yeah, what's, what's like, what's weird is I think Hamilton is the better matchup for Montreal, but I think Montreal will win more games. That's interesting. So interesting. that's a that's a little taster there because we'll, we'll get into this a little bit. Yeah, well, obviously. <laughs> but no, no, I, I, so my, I just think Hamilton gets it done because I love the defense has played together for a few years now. And then you also have that offensive firepower. I love their receiving core. And I love Don Jackson and STE out of the backfield. Uh, so I think they're just a really well-balanced team. Um, but, and I'll mostly pass this off to Tyler to talk about his own pick. But I think the Toronto Argonauts also, when I was doing all my like rankings before the um, fantasy draft, Toronto, for me, they don't, they don't have a singular standout wide receiver mm. who's an elite mm. level but they have so many stacked that second tier receivers stacked. daniels rogers gittens breskison banks ambles banks exactly so i i see what you're going with there tyler i think they are a little more injury proof than the other teams that you've mentioned because chad kelly is a really good qb too and so they've got depth at quarterback. So if MBT goes down, Chad Kelly steps in, and I don't think it's that much of a drop off. The cool. five receiver, the six receivers we just mentioned. So if they get an injury or two there, it doesn't really. T- not having the reliance on a guy is is good for them. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I just think that the the depth is there at the key skill positions on offense to carry them. And the defense was pretty good last year. Um, as long as it, 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 it's as good as it was last year, yeah. the offense is going to take a big step forward. No, I think there's a lot I think is correct about that. I will say I have decided that the logo, the water kind of looks like toothpaste that you squeezed onto your toothbrush. I just wanted to get that out there. <laughs> um, it, it, was, it, was, it was bothering me. I've been having this on my mind. It's really weighing heavy on my soul. Um, <laughs> okay, I, I think that's good. I think also, I in my heart of hearts, I hope Ottawa wins it. I would love that. I really would. They're no, like, Toronto. I, I like for Toronto. Sure, my number. Uh, they're like my number two team behind uh, behind Edmonton in terms of who I'm, you know, really rooting for week in and week out. But I think going from what was it, three wins to uh, first would be a massive, massive jump, and I just don't think they're quite there yet. Um, and then I think it's a no for me, but do you guys think there will be a crossover this year? No, that's a no. It's a no for me, dog. Yeah. I just don't see how it's going to happen. I think I, cause I don't think, I think the East beats itself up enough that the third place team isn't going to have enough wins to go West. Um, and then I think there's, there is bound to be, um, an odd man out or two odd men out in the West. It's, I think, likely that that's Edmonton and BC who maybe get beat up by those top three enough that uh, the fourth place East team can't swing in there. So, yeah, I just don't see how the math works out. 
I think that that's correct. Yeah. Um, now we talk West Division champs at the end. Who's going to represent the West in the Grey Cup? My pick is the Calgary Stampeders. Wow. <laughs> so and it's as much it's as much a so this is where I, I think everything Tyler said about Winnipeg is I think the defense has enough to carry them to the wins in the regular season, but I don't think that offense is gonna have enough firepower to win them a playoff game if they need the offense to be the ones that are doing it. Uh, so I think if they get in a bad situation uh, like they did last year, what, did they have five turnovers in the first half of the Western Division Finals against uh, Saskatchewan? I think if they do that again this year, um, the defense is not going to be – or the, the, they just don't have the offensive skill players to dig them out of those holes, um, even no matter how well the defense plays. So, yeah. That's what I think on that. I think I think Calgary gets it done. I think Calgary just puts together. Oh, geez, look at this. As I say that, oh, Bo almost threw a touchdown. Gosh, it would have been sick if I called that. <laughs> but I just think Calgary, as I've said again, I just think they can be consistent. They can run the ball. They can pass the ball. Uh, now, hopefully, their defense come puts something together. Uh, but I think they get it done. I'm going with Saskatchewan. I, I just think sense. it's. Yep. I just think it's. You want I, I think, it. I think it's. I think it's the time to. I. I didn't pred them last year. I, I preded the Stampeders last year to to go, to the Grey Cup. Uh, and I. I just think for all the things we've already. I'm not gonna get redundant with it. I just think. Uh, yeah. I think they've been knocking on the door, and Winnipeg was too good, the last two years, the last two seasons, and I think that Winnipeg is, down a peg, so to speak. Oh. oh. <laughs> And I and I and I think and I think at the time I think it'll be I think they'll play, I think they will play the Blue Bombers for the third straight season, in the West Championship game, but I think that it will go differently this year. I love it, Matt. That's exactly where I'm at. That of of looking at the West, Edmonton has been on a downward trend. BC has been on a downward trend. Calgary, I don't think has leveled up to a point where they, where they could challenge Sketch. Um, and the only thing that's been standing in in the Rough Riders' way is the Blue Bombers, and they have leveled down. Um, so I think it's just time. There, the Rough Riders have looked good for the last uh, two seasons, and now they their big stumbling block, like Tyler said, is uh, is out of the way, or at least it's you know it's smaller this year. Yes. So, I think they will go to the Great Cup. I love it. And Peter thinks that it's going to be the Bombers because he is boring. Peter's Peter's preds are pretty flat. They're really not that interesting. <laughs> now, who will meet? Well, that's why we if we in, fired him. In the, yes. so that's why he's not coming. That's back. why he's just we just read him <laughs> off and we get on. <laughs> who will meet them in the Great Cup is the question now. Um, Tyler, kick us off on yeah. this one. Toronto's the best regular season team because they have all, because of the the depth. But to your point, they have a lot of number twos at things, which is good over the course of a season. But they don't have the number ones, and I don't. And I do think that that I trust a team a little bit more than them, and I trust a quarterback a little bit more than MBT. 
And if he can stay healthy, that's the big question mark. So this pred is a, kind of a risky pred because it's all pinging on the health. And that's that's the Hamilton Tiger Cats and Dane Evans. Ditto. Yep. <laughs> yes. Pete has the Tiger Cats. So we have a unanimous decision uh, for who we think is going to represent the East uh, in the Grey Cup. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that you've got heartbreak two years in a row. You've lost two Grey Cups in a row. And similar, I think, to what Matt is saying. Um, how they, how it's now time for um, Scatch to get over the hump that is the Bombers. I think you see Hamilton give themselves another chance to get over that hump in the Grey Cup game and see if the third time's a charm. Well, let's see. What do you guys think? Will it be a charm? No. Nope. <laughs> I have the Stampeders winning the Grey Cup. I have Scatch winning the Grey Cup. I got Scatch. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and Peter has the Bombers. Yeah. I don't know, like, I just, I, I don't, I just got this, I've just kind of been vibing with, I like, I don't know, I just, there's something about this. What is it about the, what, about, what is it about the Stampeders defense? I believe, like, like, you know like, what, like I'm with, when we talk about AC, Levi like, I, I think we think, tour. yeah, okay. I bought into the Bo Levi Revenge Tour. I think Dave Dickinson's a really good coach, um, and I just see that Sometimes. putting it together. Uh, you know, I'm a big Cam Judge fan. Uh, so uh, I like their defense, uh, and I just think they get the job done. Kadeem Carey just broke off a 15-yarder. That's uh, a seven-point game right now. Um, and so I don't know. I just I kind of believe in it. And this is as somebody who cheers for Calgary to lose most of their games. But I, when I felt this, I knew that it was totally unbiased, and so I had to go with it. What are you guys yes. feeling? It's well, just guys... heartbreak. It's just heart. Hamilton's just heartbreak city. I just think that they're 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 better than the teams in the East, but the elite teams in the West, they're just not better than them. That's and it's tough. close, but they're just not. They just they haven't been better than Winnipeg the last two years, and they're just not going to be better than Scotch this year. And it's just they're just not the the best teams in the West are just better than the best teams in the East, even if the East is on the whole maybe better this season. Do you think that the I mean, Ticats are kind of the Buffalo Bills of this era? Ooh, that's a good comparison. Yeah, kind of. If they if they lose so, if they if I, they lose a third grade cup and if they get to the grade cup and lose a third one in a row, they are the Buffalo Bills of this yeah. generation. Uh, I don't know. I, I just I do feel like um, the league of parody is is not as apt a description nowadays as it used to be. Um, so I, I I think that. Hamilton just run into the they blue bomber buzzsaw. The buzzsaw. And so I would definitely say if the Stampeders are make it to the, the Grey Cup, I will be taking, as they're currently constituted, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. If that's my option. Um, but I just think that uh, the Rough Riders have put together just uh, such a consistent uh, offensive defense over the last few seasons um, and just haven't been able to get over that hump. But I still would take them over, over the the tiger cats and certainly if um the blue bombers make it to the gray cup um so yeah i just feel that they've been kind of given impossible an impossible task because the blue bombers have run roughshod over everyone there's no one who's getting to the gray cup against <laughs> the blue no. bombers and no. taking it that's how i really feel so and near that, and, i mean shoot they took it to overtime last year let's not forget right. how epic that was yeah absolutely so yeah, I mean, I think now it's all on the table. I think there's a lot to look forward to this season. Is there 
for you guys, is there a specific storyline, um, whether that be from all the things we've talked about, is it going to be a certain player? Is it going to be a certain team? Is it a combination of teams? What is one thing that you're really looking forward to uh, as this season kicks off here? Matt? Oh, boy. Um, I can I would speak say, first if you would well, like to think about that. No, I mean, I guess what I'll say is for the, the name of the game this year is QB Controversy. It's going to be uh, for a number of different teams. Um, you know, we saw hindsight is 2020, but we saw Vernon Adams come out and second play from scrimmage for the season, throw an interception. He's just thrown his second. And he has um, a fumble, so, which was recovered, but but was recovered by his <laughs> offensive lineman. But yeah, so man, right he, there, you know, we've got uh, Toronto, um, we've got Calgary. Yep. Uh, I I even think BC is not super safe. Um, I definitely think that if there's struggles from Nathan Rourke, they'd be more than happy to try out Michael O'Connor or Pip uh, or Antonio Pipkin, who they just or, signed. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's uh, we're going to see a lot of shuffling uh, for half the teams have QB controversy. Yeah. Well, and then Edmonton, they have less a controversy and more a I have no idea what's going on. Because yeah. it seems like Arbuckle's <laughs> the obvious choice, and yet Chris uh, Jones wants nothing to do with him. Uh, it's incredibly odd. He spent the offseason signing any quarterback he could get his hands on all for it to end up with Arbuckle as the starter with week one. Uh, no, so I agree, Matt. That's a great storyline going into the season. Tyler, what about yourself? My storyline is, is is the East actually better? Question mark. And we, I think we've all kind of uh, under the assumption that that the, the power of, of the West being the dominant division yep. is now shifting eastward. Uh, is that true? for me as a storyline or is it just an illusion that we've talked ourselves into, but not a fact? Well, cause I think <laughs> no, to, on what Matt said, they may, the East I think is more competitive. That's for sure. But yeah. Are they better? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's fine. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, is, does that make them better? And I mean, judging by this first game, yeah, maybe, maybe so. I mean, maybe so, but I think that will be, uh, a, a theme for me uh, during the season is when the East and West teams play are the West teams just, you know, just swallowing them whole or is it, a, is there a little more parody uh, when in the interconference games? My storyline of the season is a couple things. I want to see players that had a bad season last year, in my mind, particular to Brandon Banks and Darrell Walker, did they mm. just have aberrations brought on by COVID, or are they truly now falling down that ladder of the best receivers in the game? So I'm interested to see how those two bounce back. Um, and then my number one storyline, though, is is Masoli Mania for real? Like, is he really going to come in in one year and turn this Ottawa thing around, or have I just allowed myself to believe a beautiful lie? Um, <laughs> We shall see, but I'm so excited to find out. 
there's so many storylines. Each team has a. This is a great. This is going to be a great season. I think there are more interesting storylines this season than there were last season. No, if, and if, then I think last season was just like was just so COVID the COVID hangover the slop fest the slop there fest. There needs to be yes. There needs like this to be first less game is already fest. an indication that there's less slop fest. Like the 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 level of play so far in this game, just in the opening game. If you look at the opening game from last season, this is much better. No, I totally yeah. Opening game from last season, I believe, had twenty four combined points. It's it bad. Was Nineteen to six, and yeah, right it's now bad. we're at forty four combined points, which is in fact good. Which is good, and the players are. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, Vernon Adams already has two interceptions. I mean, he's going to be up have a lot of those this season. But you know, he's, he's, <laughs> at least <laughs> at least there's some things in the world you can you can count on. So let's quickly just because we've already tweeted him out, so the cat's out of the bag. But let's yeah. quickly go over who we see winning uh, the games this week. Um, I picked the Stamps. You two, or no, Matt picked the Alouettes. Peter picked the Alouettes. And then Tyler, you also picked the Stampeders. So we're hoping for a bit of a comeback here. Yeah, um, it was 24 20 with plenty just of time. Hauled left. in an absurd catch. There's He's that 70 30 ball, Tyler. I told you 70-30 when you when you just lob it up to him, but I mean Vernon Adams just got to stop throwing interceptions if they're gonna if they're gonna <laughs> if they're gonna get to where they want to go this season he's got to stop the, giving away the football. Um, Matt, everybody, we all chose Winnipeg. Um, anything more to be said to that than the defense just hops on this newly assembled Ottawa offense and kind of chokes them before they can get going? That's what I see the game playing out as. Yeah, I still think that Ottawa or that Winnipeg is very good. Yes. And yeah. and yeah, and, and I'm happy to predict Ottawa for the rest of the season once I see something, but I'm not gonna come in fresh and predict Ottawa. I, I think that is more <laughs> I'll, than I'll fair. let them tell it's, me what it's, they it's, are. It's not a good first it's it's not a good first game for them if, for in terms of building a confidence. Like I really wish Ottawa would have gotten a game no offense against the Elks or something. Um <laughs> harsh. <laughs> Hard. Just, um, just, just, just to get them rolling in the right direction. I think it's kind of harsh that they have to play Winnipeg. Uh, what is it? The first two games. That's just not. It's not very fair. I gotta feel like that yeah, sucks. They have to play Winnipeg twice. I will say then. this: the 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 Red Blacks have the hardest schedule in the first eight games of the season. Their eight first eight games are Winnipeg twice, BC, Sketch, Hamilton, Montreal. Toronto, Calgary. Then they get the then they get the then the gas gets off a little bit and they That's what you think. That's <laughs> that's a tough that is a tough schedule to start the season. I don't think a team and there's another team with a schedule that tough. I like it, but that's you know, maybe a good thing. You get the hard two hardest games of the season out of the way. Um and uh, then you just go from there. This next game, Hamilton uh, at Sketch, I was surprised to be the only one picking the Tie Cats in this. Uh, but now I'm less surprised seeing that you guys think the Riders are going to win the Grey Cup. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, we this is a this is a this is a preview of the Grey Cup. Oh, true. <laughs> Absolutely true. Um, but I think this could uh, be. I would say this is my game of the week. It's a fun game. It's going to be a fun time. I think this will be a really healthy good time. healthy Dane. Everybody's healthy. When everybody's healthy, it just feels so. That's why it's such a bummer that Willie got hurt in the first game because when everybody's when, when the season starts and everybody's healthy, it's just like. It feels it feels nice. I would say the two most complete teams. And Ooh. obviously, you know, that's why Ooh. I think they'll they'll both go to the Grey Cup. Ooh. The balance. I, I well, yeah, I just think that 
both have very strong offenses and both have very strong defenses. And in my mind, that's what constitutes a balanced team. I can see what line of thinking you're using there. <laughs> now let's talk about the most important game of the week. Edmonton at BC. Why is it the most important oh, game of the week? Oh, yeah. Because the Boilo boys will be there. Gonna be there. Gonna be there. Have you pace. finished your COVID declaration, Arrive Canada? I've got to do that right after we get off here. <laughs> Same. Have you completed it? No, I got to do it right after we you get gotta off. You got to do it within 72 hours. Yeah, I don't have to do it right after, but I, you I, can I do, it to do it tomorrow. Just don't worry about it. It takes 10 minutes. Oh, I am. Easy. I am jelly. Yeah. So we will oh, be taking should. this in. I'm the only one picking the Elks. Of course, I'm not going to go to an Elks game and not pick, a, not pick them. I mean, that would be insane behavior. I'm going to be sitting with a bunch of people who are hating on me the whole time. Uh, but the place is, like, sold <laughs> out. They had to open the upper deck. This is going to be pretty epic, I feel. They had to stop selling because they couldn't find enough ushers and stewards yeah. to uh, – to, cover everyone so is there a chance that this is just uh one republic's north american following all coming to see them perform in the pregame concert <laughs> shut up are they gonna be there yeah oh nice steven page i know he got about steven page yeah what was he was going to perform at the tailgate, but I believe he got caught. Well, I was really – so I, funny enough, I'm actually seeing the Stephen Pageless Bare Naked Ladies next Thursday. So I was really hoping to see them in their 99 lineup in the aggregate, but it, it's not to be. That would have been incredible, and you could have, like, gotten a picture <laughs> next to him and then spliced it with a picture of the rest exactly. of Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry that but can't happen for you. It's okay. Um, but – what I mean, I don't know. This is the game I have no idea what either team is going to look like. Um, well, so one team will be wearing uh, some combination of black and orange, and the other. Uh, that's a good joke. Um, well, obviously, I think you, have, you, you would expect BC to be the more explosive team. Uh, some have called them in 2021 the most explosive team in the CFL. Um, <laughs> Then it turned out to be just related to how bad their diarrhea was. <laughs> That's oh. an interesting point. Um, but uh, I think that the Elks just get it done because I'm there and it's going to be a good vibe. <laughs> They're going to give you the show you deserve. Yes. That makes sense. Um, yeah. And other than that, I think uh, we have pretty well previewed the 2022 CFL season in week one of the season. And uh, – I think I could not be more excited, guys. This is always a mo very exciting time of the season. Possibility, you know, possibility abounds. I can't wait for the year. <laughs> it is going to whip. Yes. Um, so, as Matt noted early in the show, get at us on Twitter, at Shups and Preds. Um, DM us nice things. We're a shout-out pod, not a call-out pod. So, we don't <laughs> respond to negativity. Uh, I'll respond. I'll, I'll, I'll personally respond to the negative yeah. stuff. Please do not feed Tyler's desire to be a negative person to athletes. It's not. I will, I will rip you apart if you make this pod. Um, do you want to get dragged on Twitter? At, say something negative. And uh, we look forward to talking to you next week uh, to recap this week's action, talk fantasy, and then look forward to week two. Peace. Peace.